So what if I told you that there's a rumor going around? He's called the Grabber, and all these kids have started to go missing, and no one really knows why or where they go. They just can't be found. But everyone around me is blaming the Grabber. What would you say? Well, that's not my story, but that's the story of the movie we're talking about this week. The um, Camera speed. Sound production, take one. Hi, everyone. Ah! It's been so long, and I'm so happy to finally um, be making another episode for you all. Now, this is not a part of the new season. That new season will be coming out, uh, I believe, this upcoming weekend um the first weekend of july question mark um but you can find more updates on that on my instagram anywho this is considered i guess a bonus episode because it's spur of the moment you know how i like to watch my movies and mm, just do random reviews of them especially when they're new and so this week's movie is the black phone starring ethan Hawke. It was directed by Scott Derrickson, and the release date was June 24th of 2022, and it was supposed to actually be released in 2021. I was just telling a friend how I don't rem- I don't know why it got pushed back the way it did. Um, I mean, I looked it up a really long time ago, but I, I don't remember what the news said but it was supposed to be released in 2021 when you look it up on google um it actually says like it's a 2021 movie so yeah but it's finally here i'm very excited and uh, let's just get into it folks so the black phone stars mason thames as finney who is our main character um then you have madeline mcgraw as gwen finney's sister ethan hawk as the grabber and then you just have a bunch of other you know side characters and whatnot and so we start off in this movie um being introduced to finney he likes to play baseball he plays i guess either a local team or a school team and his the game that we see when the movie opens up is against a kid named bruce and they have a great interaction great sportsmanship and then bruce goes missing and bruce is just one of many children who have gone missing in this town within the past year i would say maybe maybe even more than a year i just know a lot of kids go missing in a very short amount of time and finney is one of those kids he ends up getting snatched up by the grabber who is ethan hawk and he pretty much has to figure out a way to get out using the black phone the black phone is hooked up to the wall um in this dungeon type space that the grabber is trapping him in and the grabber tells him the phone doesn't work you can put it down it there's no use in you know trying to contact anyone but finney keeps hearing it ring keeps hearing it ring he answers it and soon enough we learn that the voices of all of the other kids the grabber has snatched up um is coming through the receiver of this black phone on the wall 
Now, this movie takes place in the 70s, so it's, you know, your state-of-the-art wall phone um, with the circular dialer and everything like that. You know, we love the beauty of the 70s. And so, yeah, we really just follow Finney as he tries his best to take all the clues that the kids are giving him through the black phone and tries to escape. Now, this is a spoiler-free episode because I want you all to be able to go out, see this movie, enjoy it for the first time uh, without knowing every little detail that's going to happen. And if you all would enjoy a spoiler-filled episode, I would, you know, I'm always down for a good spoiler, but with consent first. Anyways, so yeah. This movie was released June 24th, so at the time that this episode is posting, it's only been out two, three days, Um, and so if you listen to this episode, you are still, like, very fresh to the scene, Um, you can go see it, and yeah, but I'll go ahead, get into my, my review, and I'll start off by saying that I have not rated it on Letterboxd yet. But I think that it deserves... <sighs> this is so hard. I'm going to give it a three and a half stars. That's really tough. But, you know, it's marketed as a horror movie. It is a horror movie. But all in all, it's really just like a very, very dark depiction of child kidnapping that's that's really all and I think that's what makes it as scary as it is is because you know with children kidnappings you don't know whether they're alive or they're dead um most of the time they unfortunately don't turn up to still be alive and especially in the 70s um A lot of, like, if you listen to a lot of true crime podcasts or you keep up with a lot of true crime stories, um, there was a lot of kidnappings in between 70s, 80s. Um, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what sparked it, but, you know, like, when you listen to these stories, Jack the Ripper, um, which, he did not kidnap kids. I don't know why I said that. Um, but there's, there's one that I'm trying to think of right now. It's not coming to my mind. Um, but in the United States alone, I feel like a lot of the true crime stories that are most popular occurred between, you know, this significant amount of time and these decades. And so it's one of those things where oftentimes the victim does not um, make it to be able to tell their side of the story you don't know what they went through you don't know you don't know the ins and outs of their trauma right um and so this movie the the reason why it's so scary um and so gripping is because we're watching this all unfold from the victim's point of view and um, you know, it was produced by the same producers as 
Sinister, which I love those movies. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Ethan Hawke is the grabber in the story as he was in Sinister 1. And you can definitely see the similarities in cinematography 100%. Um, The thing about Sinister has those really old film, like, um, it has those really old film montages that would make somebody feel uncomfortable (laughs) and the music those are the two things that people talk about when they talk about sinister is the music and those film montages um because you know of course what was happening in the film montages of sinister was sinister in itself but it was the way that it was shot it was the you know very like low saturation warm colors of the films itself um and that tree in the background the tree in in the backyard of the house was just very creepy in itself and so with the black phone we have all those same similarities in terms of um using the using the environment around the house to kind of enhance the experience um using music to enhance the experience using the 70s you know like low saturation um color grade to enhance the experience so with the story taking place in the 70s um there's a lot of kind of like key characteristics that really point the finger at all right this is the 70s like when it comes to mental health not seeing it as an issue but like not seeing it as a serious kind of like disease but seeing it more as like mania 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 <laughs> like actually being insane um and there's a lot to talk there's a lot of talk about it in the movie uh, regarding finney and oh my gosh what's her name stop gwen There's a lot of talk about it regarding Finney and Gwen's mom um, when they talk to their dad and he is just like, oh, well, you know, your mom was sick in the head and she was never, she was never right-minded and she was selfish and all these different things, right? Which really, it sounded like she just suffered from maybe bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Um, So between that and you also have uh, the 70s was, I, I don't want to say like the kickstart of feminism because I want to say that's actually the 60s, maybe late 50s. Um, but Gwen's character plays such a vital role um, to really signify this idea that women are coming into their power, women are coming into their freedom, and people are starting to listen to women a little bit more. Which, I mean, um, considering today's current age, who, you know, but I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, Gwenny, Gwenny's like my favorite character in a horror movie, like top five, I would say. And there's so many conversations about horror movies in this particular movie. They talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Finn 
watches a horror movie one night and he's he's not allowed to I don't really I, I can't really grasp whether his family is religious or not because it doesn't seem that his dad talks about religion but like his sister talks to God all the time and he talks about how his dad would not let him see you know like horror movies at all and he's scared that his dad's gonna catch him watching this one particular horror movie um on like a Friday night I'm sorry if my voice sounds crazy I I literally I don't know what's wrong with me I just kind of lost it a few days ago and she's struggling to come back but um I digress so yeah, there's a lot of talks of horror movies, which I think is is fun, especially because horror movies, um, like the, the first horror movie that, well, there was a lot. I can't even say the first horror movie, but I can say like off the, off the top of my head, right? Um, the Exorcism came out either late 60s or early 70s. And I know that really shook the crowd. That shook the people. Um, they were they were sending people home in ambulances because of how, like, just, like, they were being sent into cardiac arrest. Between that, Psycho, everyone loved Psycho. Um, they were terrified of it. And so talking, you know, talking about horror movies while you're in a horror movie, I just, I always love that little, that little meta horror jab, I guess you could call it. This movie is absolutely packed with high emotion and a lot of tension. Like, oh my gosh. There was so, there was so much raw emotion from Finney and Gwen. Um, especially Gwen. Like, there was a point in time where she's crying. And, like, it, it took me back to my days of, you know, like, crying after getting my, after getting my butt whooped, like, crying, and just, like, the way that she, it was, it really, wow, like, (laughs) it took me back, uh, what can I say, between that, and then also, um, Finn, there was a point in time where Finn started crying, and it was like, like, nothing was held back, from those moments and it really really just like kind of buckled you up for that scene if that makes sense um but even even in times of suspense even in times of absolute horror like you felt it and it wasn't it wasn't just like jump scares but this was something that happens in sinister as well where like they build the suspense up from the very beginning of the movie like they they create this unsettling tone from the very opening scene and you just it's just tension building on top of tension building on on top of tension even in those times where there are the jump scares right it's still there's still just such a a pressure um that you feel with you know with what's going on in the movie and um I I absolutely love movies like that this movie it definitely had me like I was clenching my butt cheeks I was I was so stressed out like I was hiding underneath my shirt I was like 
after after a scene would happen where I you know like where I would have jumped or like you know whatever happened happened in that scene that I was so like stressed out about it would be like two minutes later and I'd realize that I was all clinched up and I would have to like undo myself like I would just have to kind of like stretch out stretch out all my limbs be like okay Avery we're good um but yeah that I I love when movies are able to do that that was something that I experienced in Sinister um and that's I think that's why some people when it comes to horror movies they're not 100% willing to give horror movies a try because it's very hit or miss for them for some people, horror movies are simply just jump scares. They're simply just like, um, you know, oh my gosh, like when I left the movie, I was looking left and right. I was so scared. But while this movie achieves that 100%, um, even if it hadn't, like there are so many other elements to this movie that make it scary because it's a it's a real life situation. And So the movie The Black Phone is actually an adaptation of a 2004 short story um, by the author Joe Hill. And I actually really want to read this short story just to get a better understanding of um, kind of what the vision was, you know. Um, It's as as any book to movie adaptation, you you want to know like from the source what the original vision was supposed to be like and so I'm really interested in that um so it's not that it is a true story at all but there are so many elements of it that are taken from actual true child abductions you know um and and real life real life horror stories that we see on the news and it's because maybe it happens so often or maybe because it just seems so surreal so you know like something straight out of a horror movie we're so quick to overlook it um but this movie really confronts the uncomfortable parts of it it doesn't it doesn't you know pan the camera away when Finney gets kidnapped it doesn't none of that like it's just very straightforward this is how it is um and it it forces you to sit through those uncomfortable moments of the suspense and of the horror and that's why you know me and my friend when we watched it my friend was like that's probably one of my favorite horror movies of of this year so far which is valid um I just think for me there was something lacking for me um I I did enjoy it and that's that's why like I'm not 100% like the the fact that I'm not 100% emotionally invested into loving this movie is very strange because I, I enjoyed it and I see all of the, you know, all of the elements and how they piece together to make, you know, the app, the actual result of what we just watched. But I think one of the things that 
and I'm also trying not to spoil it, so I'm like, I'm like, how do I say this without, like, completely spoiling it, um, I think that there are certain characters who were used simply as plot devices more than anything, um, and then in order to tie up the story, um, their part of tying up the story was just kind of like, all right, that was like, that was the easy way out kind of, um, and that, and that could just be me. Um, when I, when I do a more like deeper dive into this movie in my spoiler filled episode, I'll get into it a little bit more, but I think one thing is just, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Finny or Why do I keep forgetting her name? Because I'm going to scream. If it wasn't Finny or Gwen, I didn't care for the characters. Which, one, some, some could say that's, you know, that's a great thing. It did its job. But it was... Like, there was just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just really, I really wish there was this missing piece. There was this missing piece, and I I didn't get it. I did not. Yeah. I think it was, it was a mix of... It was a mix of character development and... Yeah, it was a mix of character development and, like, 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 backstory and showing the backstory. Um, I didn't, like, the introduction of certain characters just seemed like okay I'm throwing this out there right I'm throwing I'm just throwing casting a line and hoping somebody bites and then because the tone was already set so suspenseful so sinisterly you could say um their way of showing backstory and showing flashbacks kind of just took you out of it and I liked that they showed those flashbacks I did but it was, it was just, it took you out just to pull you right back in. And I just feel like there was a better way to have done it. Um, could I have done it? No, but there's somebody whose, whose job is to do that. And they could have done it better, maybe. Um, also, the special effects, I have to say, the special effects... Um, this movie wasn't heavy on them. They weren't heavy on blood and gore and skin graphing and everything like that. No. Um, but there was just one specific time where they really needed to pull through with those special effects and they didn't. And it, it was just a big letdown because when you have a movie full of blood and gore like texas chainsaw massacre right it's like 
okay, one slip up of the special effects is no big deal, right? But when there's only one or two moments of blood and gore, that needs to be the best blood and gore you've got. The best the best special effects on the table, the best makeup artist you got on call. And if it's not, you've let me down. And it let me down big time. Like, it literally took me out of the scene. It felt like a B-horror movie in that moment when I saw that. But, overall, I rated it at three and a half stars. I will be watching it again so that I can give my full spoiler-filled review because that's what the people deserve. That's probably what the people want. And I, I am the paper boy to your all's movie reviews that was a terrible analogy but you know what i'm gonna stick with it because i have i have pride i have dignity um so anyways yeah i feel like that that review was a little bit all over the place but that's because my thoughts and my feelings on this movie are all over the place i literally just watched it and now I'm telling you all about it while it's fresh on my mind. Um, but I still, as every movie, whether I say it's good or bad, it's still worth a watch. Um, which in this case, this movie was great and it definitely deserves a watch. Um, it does, it does have jump scares. So be prepared for those because those are always fun. And the atmosphere of this movie, like, I don't think I've ever been in a movie theater that was so lively as this one. And that also just makes the experience of watching a movie in a movie theater so much better. You know, like when things were happening and everybody was scared all at once or everybody was cheering all at once. It was just like, wow, like we really are we really are a society you know um so yeah go out watch it um listen to me at first listen to this first things first and then go out watch it um make up your mind on what you think about it and then come back for more because there will be more as always uh, you can catch me on Instagram, you can catch me on Twitter, you can catch me on Letterboxd, and I hope you all have a blast with this movie. I hope you all, um, yeah, go go into the movie theater with an open mind, as always, but not as open, not the kind of open mind you need to go watch Men, which I'm so glad that thing is out of theaters now, but I digress. Anyways, thank you for tuning in, you all. And I'll catch you next time.